0: hey guys welcome back to what's up grimes we're sitting here with dave this is part two of our space podcast we just finished a brief discussion of the history of space exploration we're now up to um good old spacex which everybody knows about so when we last left off we were talking about the space station era Um, Until the 21st century, space programs of the United States were exclusively operated by government agencies. However, in the 21st century, this changed because several aerospace companies began efforts at developing a private space industry. This includes SpaceX, who is the most successful so far. Um, Dave, thoughts on SpaceX before I go into it?
1: I feel like I might be an expert on SpaceX. I was there like last month. What? To the wow. to the headquarters to inspect their manufacturing facilities you know it's pretty cool yeah i gotta say so that they're they're providing the launch vehicle for the roman space telescope which is a project i'm working on and so we have some requirements for them to keep it clean other requirements too about getting to orbit but the important ones keeping it clean so i had to go out there and check it out
0: in general do you guys have a pretty positive relationship with spacex do people feel against it what's the general vibe
1: no i think i think people like working with spacex they they are definitely um you know a for-profit company but basically Hmm. anything you want if you're willing to pay for it they'll do it so it's good
0: well, there's that. Space Exploration Technologies Corporation, which does business as SpaceX, is an American spacecraft manufacturer, space launch provider, and a satellite communications corporation headquartered out of Hawthorne, California, which is no longer true, right? They're now headquartered out of um, Brownsville, Texas.
1: I feel, I feel so disappointed then because Hawthorne is where I went.
2: Oh, look at that. Unless I think I'm it's wrong. still, exa- you know, I, I think it's still there.
1: I, think I did hear I think something I did hear in Austin like
2: too. Oh,
1: see, Maybe. I should have Or
2: not
0: Austin, but near Austin. Um, It was founded in 2002 by Elon Musk with the goal of reducing space transportation costs to enable the colonization of Mars. It manufactured the, the Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy launch vehicles, several rocket engines, cargo dragon, crew spacecraft, and Starlink communications satellite. SpaceX scored its first big headline in 2010 when it became the first private company to launch a payload into orbit and return it into Earth intact, something only government agencies like NASA or Russia had done before. Do you remember that um, moment, Dave, back when, you know, a private space corporation landed something that previously NASA had only done?
1: Yeah, well, I can tell you, even when I when I first started, I started with McDonnell Douglas, right, 1991. And they were working on something called the Delta Clipper, which was going to be a vertical takeoff and landing, just like the SpaceX rocket. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought that was such a great thing. And then they decided they weren't going to pursue it. And I wrote like a little white paper for them, like, this is why you should keep doing it. But, you know, it didn't go anywhere. Uh, and then eventually they got bought out by somebody else and they don't exist anymore as a company. Well, good But, <laughs> but it was that. It definitely, you know, the, I think the way to go. And it, it's very cool. And, you know, if you... If you watch, if you look online, you can see a lot of the, the failed videos as they were yes. learning how to land it. And that's also very entertaining to watch as they attempted <laughs> to land things. But, but they figured it out. You know, they, they learned with each attempt and then now they can do it. And that's how we, how we work.
0: I think, sadly, I didn't pay any attention to SpaceX. I didn't know much about it until I read Elon's uh, autobiography or sorry, biography, I should say. Um, And they mentioned the failures, the repeated failures and being like, you know, dollars away from being bankrupt and then something finally came through. And I can only imagine what that feels like as an engineer to know that we did it, like we finally did it. Yeah. So uh, this has made the headlines recently. SpaceX is developing a satellite internet constellation named Starlink to provide commercial internet service. In January of 2020, the Starlink constellation became the largest satellite constellation ever launched. And as of September 2022, comprises over 3,000 small satellites in orbit, which I don't think I knew that it was that expansive. It's crowded
1: up there.
2: I didn't. I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, there's a lot of space. It's not crowded. Like they're close together, but there's a lot of stuff up there. Yeah.
2: He sent stuff to Ukraine too, right? Recently, through it was Starlink related.
1: That's what I um, remember reading. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Starlink's communications network, but. Uh, I saw one of the Starlink spacecraft when I was at their facility, and it's so cool. It's, it's not at all what you picture for, for a satellite. It looks like like a, a mattress, like it's, it's this rectangle that's really thin and then long and not too wide, right? And then it unfolds solar rays from one end, and it has a big hole in, in one corner. And I'm like, what's the hole for? And so they launched them stacked up on a post So they launch a whole bunch of them at once and they just go bling, bling, bling. They shoot off. They're like spring loaded. They just fire them off into space. Crazy.
0: See, I didn't know.
2: It didn't even occur to me what they look like. I don't know what I was
1: picturing. A drone? I think
2: what I was picturing. I pictured just like a giant like where how (laughs) grown adult people where you like see like that, like all the internet, like computer towers, like in the Mm gated. Little cabinet that no one's allowed to touch. That's like blinking green and yellow. That's what I thought it looked like.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's very sleek, you know. Yeah, it's cool.
2: Solid. Wow. Uh,
0: the company is also developing Starship, a privately funded, fully reusable, super heavy lift launch system for interplanetary and orbital spaceflight. It is intended to become SpaceX's primary orbital vehicle once operational, supplanting the existing Falcon 9, Falcon Heavy, and Dragon fleet. It will have the highest payload capacity of any orbital rocket ever built on its debut, which is scheduled for a 2022 pending launch license. I remember when he unveiled this. So I watch all of SpaceX's stuff, like any of their live events, including like even Tesla's live events. I like to watch because they're so fascinating, other than Elon's kind of insufferable to listen to. Um,
2: But I enjoy those moments though. (laughs) (laughs) He's like so awkward. The dancing. Like it's uncomfortable but anyway i love i love
0: watching them and when they unveiled starship i was blown away i don't know what i was expecting but to know that there's a rocket that's basically a bus from earth to to mars
1: is pretty crazy
2: yeah very blade runner
1: very blade runner yeah, it's, it's I, I think we have to go to other planets and just because they're there, it's like climbing Mount Everest. Like, we just have to go because we're humans and that's what we do. Yeah. Um, I think in the long term, we're going to find it easier to colonize space as space stations. Because mm. if you build a big space station, you spin it, you can get gravity around the edges. It feels like you have normal gravity. So, mm. you go to Mars, you could build little domes to live in and stuff, but the gravity is light. And what'll happen is if you try to live there long term, like even if we decided like, oh, the health effects aren't so bad, like your kids would never be able to go back to Earth because they'd be crushed by the gravity. Like they wouldn't be able to handle it, right? Because they'd be adapted to this this low gravity environment.
2: So but there's no back and for forth
1: gravity.
2: to yeah. you know if your parents separated and one lived on Earth and one lived on <laughs> Mars, it wouldn't work. You have to meet <laughs> at the
1: moon or something, you know. I don't know. Oh God.
0: But it seems like the entire point of the colonization process of mars to elon was reflecting on the earth's gonna die and so mars is kind of our escape plan that's what i got out of his talks
1: yeah people people like to say that like we're destroying the earth and stuff like that but the fact is we may kill ourselves off but the earth will be just fine it'll do do fine without Mm. us like it's been hotter than it is now it's been colder than it is now it's had asteroids smashed into it and set everything on fire. Like, you know, Earth, Earth will be okay. It's it's us we have to worry about killing off. Very I've heard
0: point. a similar argument to that day where people talk about how humans adapt to their environment. It's just what we do over time, natural selection. And so who are we to say that humans won't adapt to what you're talking about? When we think about all these like worst case scenarios, humans just adapt. So I don't know. That's something to think about. Um, If you guys are interested in any of the SpaceX stuff, I highly recommend Return to Space. It's a documentary um, that
2: features Elon Musk that's on Netflix. Have either one of you seen that documentary? Yeah. Is that the one where the people, like the civilians go to space? Because there's one where, is it Mission to Mars? It's something uh, where he selected a couple civilians to go to space. That's on Netflix too.
0: I need to look into this because Return to Space details the history of SpaceX in a very palatable way. So if it feels like, hey, too much scientific information coming at you, this does it in a really palatable way and shows the humanity behind the scenes of like Elon watching his uh, launches, his various launches, and how that affects him emotionally throughout the series. And you actually see him get emotional twice. One, he was rejected by Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong does not believe in SpaceX. And Elon gets very emotional. And then two, he gets emotional. A reporter asks him in the, um, I'm trying to get like the control area. Like, hey, how do you feel knowing that people's lives are on the line? And you're a dad. So what does that mean to you? And Elon actually gets pretty
2: emotional. Um, it's worth watching. Yeah, the, um, the other one is called Countdown Inspiration for a Mission to Space. And it's, I don't know if it was a contest or something but it's, several civilians were picked to go to space through SpaceX and Elon's on it. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Crazy.
0: This brings me to SpaceX competitors, Boeing, which is building its CST-100 spacecraft to fly crewed ISS missions along with Musk's dragon is a key rival. What do you know about that, Dave? Cause I don't know much about that.
1: So I don't know much about that specific vehicle. I know that uh, competition is good. Like the, the government in general likes to encourage more than one company to have the same capabilities. Yeah. Competition is good. Uh, I, I did look into the, the one from New Zealand uh, that was on your question list too. I can't remember the name of it now. But we'll get there, it? yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, I mean, but Boeing, you know, like the all the big aerospace players, their, their main dinner comes from the military, right? And so that they have lots of funding and lots of time and they have maybe technologies that the public doesn't know about you know rocket related missile related thing, right so um yeah I, I i don't have any doubt that boeing can produce just as good a rocket as, as spacex
0: uh, that's one. Orbital Sciences is a second. It's the company that shares the ISS cargo-run contract with SpaceX. Another is United Launch Alliance, which is ULA. It's a partnership of Lockheed Martin and Boeing. And Musk is at war with it for a piece of the defense-launching business. Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic is another player, though marginal, planning to sell only sub like, suborbital rides, from what I read, for vacationers. Yeah
2: see Virgin. I see yeah. the Virgin guy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh in fact, I don't know if you remember, but he has a picture uh Elon has a picture with Richard Branson in his kitchen barefoot. It's an iconic photo. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Yeah. I may
2: have seen that. I'll I have to
1: look. I think it's, um I think Orbital is the one that produced the uh, Pegasus rocket, maybe? Yeah. Which is the one that's launched from an airplane. That was also a pretty cool trick. Yeah. You know?
0: Sorry, I was like choking on my water, guys. Um <laughs> Paul Allen's Vulcan Aerospace, which I've never heard, similarly wants to play in the space vacation sector. But here, too, actual flights are still nowhere near imminent. And then everybody's favorite, Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, sees itself as a big player. And its recent upright landing of a suborbital spacecraft put it in the game. Really, Dave, do you really think the Jeff Bezos company is in the game?
1: Well... You know, like I said, we we like competition. So, you know, once, once you demonstrate it, so there's, there's sort of a a rating system that we get, right, depending on how many successful launches you have. So, SpaceX has to have a certain number of successful launches of their Falcon Heavy before the Roman Space Telescope will fly on it. Right. Um, Because We're what they call a class A mission, which means we're high priority and everything has to be like reduce risks as much as possible, like, you know, redundant Mm -hmm. systems, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But it also means that the launch vehicle has to be reliable. We want to blow up, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of work because the launch vehicle didn't work. Uh, But there are other customers like, you know, commercial satellites, the communication satellites, you know, they put up a hundred in a year. If They lose one. It's not a big deal right? They're coming off like cars coming off a line. Uh, so they can afford to use somebody that's only launched once or twice and showing, yeah, it seems pretty good. Okay, we'll go on there because it's cheaper, you know. So when you break into this market, it's not just about showing that you can do it once. You got to repeat it. Yeah. You get to the, the mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah.
0: yeah. So MK, you have some
2: questions that we got off our Instagram and then I'll read the other sure. ones that came from my DMs. Sure. All right. All right. So the first one will be, uh, Casper. He says, I have a question. Was it hard to get in NASA and what was needed to work there?
1: Uh, I don't think it was hard to get in per se. So I, you know, I told you they they had an ad that said all kinds of engineers wanted. So I went and I applied and they looked at my GPA and they said, well, we're not going to be giving you the highest starting salary. I was like, that's okay. I just want to work here. <laughs> so they let me in. Um, and then they, you know over time i think i've made up for that but um,
2: it's all based on your gpa that's so interesting not like on it, your degree or
1: well that's how mcdonald douglas did it you know um, interesting you know, they don't exist anymore so maybe that's indicative of something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's i think they hire a lot of people that you might not expect you know so in my yeah. group you know we're we're considered engineers but you know there's math majors there's someone who is a double major in english and something else oh. you know like it's just amazing like the people who end up in there um, there's some physicists and chemical engineers you know uh, but beyond that you know there's people that run the websites for nasa right there's people in right. computer security there's like people that give tours right like that's like a job people at the at the visitor center that take other people on tours around the center. You know, like there's all kinds of jobs at NASA, you know.
0: Wow. M.K. and I could do that
2: one. would be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I would love to do that. Here, Here's where Dave works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the um, picture's coming back from the James Webb Space Telescope. Yeah, they show pretty pictures. And it was the same with the Hubble telescope. The pictures are in color, but the data is not there's like 20 people that work for the JWST program that color those pictures for you. Like they have to decide, you know, there's maybe 20 different bands of information and they're going to layer that together to make a picture. Okay. Well, this band wow. is more red and this one's more blue and they see how it looks. Right. But they're trying to communicate information. So like on the Hubble pictures, I know they have these, these nebulas that were really pretty, but if you knew what the code was, like, blue was oxygen, and yellow was nitrogen, and red was hydrogen. So the color would tell you something about the molecules that were there and what they oh. were doing. There wasn't just a pretty picture. Um, so it's like but It's like an art form. for these artists that that's their job is to, like, take the scientific data and, and make it visual so people can appreciate it.
0: Um, MK, we should get a hold somehow of one
2: of the NASA artists. Yeah, Not if them. you're close with any of them, we would love to talk to them, too. I mean, all of this is just... This could be like a, you know, I don't know how many Joe Rogan listeners are out there, but he does like six hour, eight hours.
0: That's <laughs> crazy. Podcast.
2: Like this could be a very long podcast.
0: <laughs> crazy. All right. The next one
2: is, uh, I, I'm going to butcher It's this. Erica. Yeah. Oh, Erica Silvestri. Is that? Yeah. Okay. I would love to know some details about how does it feel to work for NASA, the pressure of the responsibility and the reward of working for such an inspiring agency, but mostly what contributes his team has, what contributes contributes his team has made for some discoveries, exclamation points.
1: It's, it's uh, a couple questions there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot packed into one there. So <laughs> let's say that um, it's You do feel the pressure sometimes. um, And the closer you get to launch, the more you feel the pressure not to screw up, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But even even recently. So there's this program to return samples from Mars. You may be aware of this, the Mars sample return. They they have a rover on Mars. Now it's collecting samples and it's packaging them up and it's going to drop them off at a certain place. And something that hasn't been launched yet is going to go get those things and bring them back to Earth so we can study them. So the thing that's going to go get them, when it comes back to Earth, one of the rules is you can't risk bringing some crazy Mars virus to Earth that's then going to like kill everybody, right? So
2: yeah, we wouldn't want that.
1: So there, <laughs> Over so to like Mars. the rules surrounding <laughs> things going out, and there's even more rules about things coming back, right. uh, And one of the guys I work with, he was on this program and he was not convinced about the analysis that somebody else had done showing that it was going to be okay. And so they called me in as a, as a, you know, so now you have two, two different ways of analyzing the problem and they have different answers. So they called yeah. me in as a, as a third unbiased person to look at it, right? Because I wasn't working on the program. And I spent a couple of weeks like getting up to speed and learning a lot of really cool new stuff about how. Particles that are, you know, twenty nanometers wide, stick to surfaces or come off of surfaces and things, and you know that was that was a lot of fun. But it, you know, you knew what answer the project wanted, which was that everything is fine, right? Yeah.
2: Everything's fine.
1: Yeah. We designed it good. We don't have to make any changes. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Right? So you know what the managers want. Yeah. Right. And and you know they got a schedule and they got only so much money, yeah. right? So there's that kind of pressure. But at the same time, like. I don't want to kill everybody on earth. Right. So And if the answer is not one they, they're like, I still got to tell them, like, I got to be willing to stand up and say, no, you have a problem. And so you feel yeah. that pressure and, and eventually it worked out that it's okay. It's all good now. Well, uh, that's great. <laughs> um, but, uh, do you, you know,
2: randomly yeah. get pulled into different projects or like, do, are you like assigned them or do you just, does somebody ask your opinion and then you can get involved do you have so, that kind of flexibility
1: yes, we're we, we have an organization at goddard Space Flight center where the each engineering discipline like electrical engineers mechanical engineers contamination engineers we we have like a group because it's good for learning and cross-training and you know mentoring people uh, and so we have our own management we re- report to and then we're matrixed out to the projects so there's the Roman hmm. Space Telescope, there's James Webb Space Telescope, so all the different projects. And so what happened was that project went to my branch and said, we need an expert. And I'm one of the more senior people there. And so they, they sent me over.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Full well, in rank. Look at that. Yeah. All right. I think those are all the ones that I see, but I do.
1: Oh, wait, I wasn't done with that question, though.
2: Oh, you oh yeah, the multi questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, the multi question. Like, what have we contributed? Please
2: continue. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, I'll go. I'll go back in time a little bit. The second camera that we installed on Hubble Space Telescope, like the first time we did a servicing mission, the technology they used for that detector has ended up in mammograms to make mammograms better and more. Wow. Detail. So
2: unbelievable! Wow. Yeah.
1: So sometimes NASA technology spins off and it affects like everyday life in cool ways too.
2: Wow. Yeah, saves lives. Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. That brings I, us... Go ahead, MK. I was going to ask a question before Please do. you brought it. The MK okay. question. Yes. Okay. So what has been the movie that you've seen about space and just, you know, in your field that's sort of, been the most aligned with your experience good question
1: uh yeah i really like um from the earth to the moon that was a really good series i've never okay. seen that
2: oh my god i haven't either i'm gonna have oh, to check it out yeah. now i, go I was hoping it, it was like the apollo movie i was like yeah i've seen that
1: one yeah. <laughs> everybody's seen <laughs> that <or> the
2: martian <laughs> everyone apollo says the martian was,
1: was cool because there, you got to see that back room I was talking about. Yeah, you know, the people with the table yeah. and trying to oh, fix yeah, like, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff really happens. Like, it's it's cool.
2: That's so intense, exciting, but like, I, you know, I don't know if I could hack it in that room. Yeah, that gives me anxiety. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> Maybe if I had the pink glittery hood, but apparently that's not an option. But yeah. I need NASA to design that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be a deal breaker for Jen. I Can't, can't work at NASA. <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> Hey, so one of the questions, Dave, was about the DART mission. Can you
1: tell us what the DART mission is and your opinion on it? Yeah, the double asteroid mission. So the idea was someday, not now, but someday we might discover a big asteroid coming at the Earth. And if you discover it when it's far away, you can just give it a little push and it'll miss the Earth. Right. So we wanted to demonstrate the technology of sending out a satellite to bump an asteroid and move it a little bit. And if you think about it, it took 10 months to get there. So they launched it, it's like firing this this satellite out of a gun. And 10 months later, this bullet's been flying around the solar system and it's moving 14,000 miles an hour. And it hits another object that's also moving, you know, tens of thousands of miles an hour. Like that's pretty good aim, right? And the reason it was a double asteroid, they didn't really talk about this, but they wanted to see how much they changed the orbit. If you change the orbit of something that's going around the sun, right, you might have to wait six months to see enough of the orbit to know how much has changed. Yeah. Because this was a little asteroid going around another asteroid, right, every couple of days it goes around. So pretty quickly you start to get that data on how much change you've done to the orbit. So that's why they, like a double asteroid made more sense than just one asteroid by itself.
0: Okay, there's DART, wow. Okay. Opinion on SelfieSat and the name SelfieSat, too.
1: I mean, I think it's cool. You can get your picture taken from space. Uh, it's. I think of it as, as sort of a, a tech demo, right? We do a lot of tech demos. And if you have a satellite that can look at itself, right, the next step is to put a robot arm on it. And now you have a satellite that can repair itself, right? So.
2: What?
1: <laughs> Yeah. Right. So we, I mean, we are developing already a repair robot satellite that can go up and repair other satellites, right? And it's going to have all kind of cameras and have arms. Wally, for real, for real. <laughs> um, but yeah, but if you have a, a satellite that looks at itself, you know, it could it could repair itself. Then you That's even need That's cute. To
0: That's cute. It looks in the mirror, MK, and it says, "What can I change about myself?" It's okay. It's a
2: self-reflecting satellite. That is so adorable. Wow.
1: One day I'm learning cool. One so day. much, guys, change.
2: right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Are
0: companies like Rocket Lab worth investing in?
1: So I, I think you just have to do your research about companies, right? So. know what's the corporate structure like what's their business model all that stuff like i'm not going to try to tell somebody what's a good investment or not because especially because most of the things i buy tend to like go down in value (laughs) (laughs) so i wouldn't take my advice anyway (laughs) my wife does much better than i do at investing i don't know why
0: dave for people that don't know in our audience what is rocket lab
1: well i think this is the one from new zealand right so it was um a company that is the first company from the southern hemisphere to launch a rocket successfully to, into space uh, but now they've moved their operations to california and they basically just want to be another player in, in the rocket launching business yeah.
0: just another one just
1: we another believe one in who, you, you. They already read a big list of them <laughs> so.
2: okay, like yeah elon has i one. can't believe there are that many like i'm a little shocked by that
1: i i have a friend who worked for iridium which was a big communications satellite constellation. And he said, you wouldn't believe the amount of money that's in commercial communication satellites. He said wow. like company, company parties, like, like Christmas parties, he said were like catered with caviar. And like, he said it was just like over the top, like live entertainment, all this kind of stuff, like crazy stuff.
2: Hey, space. I'm in the wrong field. I know. <laughs> honest starlink
0: opinion uh i like it i think it's good i like it (laughs) honest starship opinion
1: (laughs) i I would probably go i I would go to Mars. i i think it's i I think we need to do it and i think i think we're at the time when we could do it we could have done it actually you know in the 80s but we ran out of reasons to go i think you know, they, they had the plans. That's what I was talking about, the Nova rocket. Uh, they were going to make some things bigger at Kennedy Space Center uh, because they were, they already had plans to go to Mars back then. So the Saturn rocket was going to get stuck on top of an even bigger booster stage and it was going to be called the Nova rocket. But like I said, we, we, we built Saturn to go to the moon because we wanted to get there before the Russians because I don't know, American flags look better on the moon. Um,
2: yeah, it was a space and race. A the space race. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and then once the Russians gave up on that and weren't going to Mars, then we didn't need to go to Mars. Yeah. But uh, I think I think it's a good idea.
2: Yeah. Is that why we totally stopped going to the moon? Like we haven't been to the moon. Correct me if I'm wrong. till like since, since, since like 1972, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. That's a <laughs> long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, when when it was a, a matter of national security. Uh, You can spend any amount of money, but if it's just for scientists, you know.
2: So you don't think there was any life on Mars? I mean, excuse me, the moon found that deterred that?
1: No, because, so I told you about all the rules for bringing things back to Earth. The rules going outbound, it's called planetary protection. Um, And the rules for planetary protection cover how you sterilize all your stuff that's going to get launched to another planet where there could be life or could be just organic molecules that someone might want to study. And you don't want to accidentally discover earth molecules that the last person took up there and say, oh, look, I found, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I found old earth. Great. (laughs) And the rules for going to the moon say you do not need to take any precautions because we now know there is nothing organic of interest on the moon. So there's no life, there's no lifelike molecules. There's nothing there. So we could- you're, we You heard it, it here first, people. Moon, it's all good.
0: Breaking wow. news from Dave. Also, <laughs> MK, this answers your question. The moon was not in fact
2: made of cheese. It was not, I, no. I needed to know that. Oh, right. Yeah, because Buzz didn't answer me. So I needed <laughs> it answered.
0: Buzz <laughs> needs to find his humor. That's all I have to say. Rude. <laughs> he left it in space clearly um <laughs> anything else mk that we want to ask
2: dave pertaining to space before i get into the grime stuff sure yeah. um okay so you said you would go to mars so you would go to space like if you had the option today someone said you can go to space tomorrow you you would go i i, I probably mean, wouldn't your schedule have the allowed
1: anymore but you know if if i would like yeah space would be
2: cool how grueling is this see, physical
1: if if you've seen the, the pictures of Earth, like from the moon and stuff, or even from, you know, the space station, they call it the blue marble, just the colors of the ocean. Mm. And the kind like, I would just love to go up there and just see it. Cause you know, like a yeah. picture doesn't really do it justice.
2: Yeah, seeing it in real life would be unbelievable. How grueling is this physical?
1: It's like military style? Well, I just mean like, I got a bad back now. They'd probably be like, yeah, no, wouldn't be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll snap you in half like a twig <laughs> no, no <good>. yeah. oh.
0: <laughs> would you go to space okay uh, like if you were given the choice if you were given the choice to be on starship and go to mars would you do it if there were biomes, no. no, yeah
2: i would um if i had to go and this planet was like exploding um i would go obviously but i don't have any desire to do that. It's scary to me. I think I've seen too many sci-fi movies that have just like alien aliens. <laughs> All of those movies have freaked me out about
1: space. You know, it's it's dangerous going to space, but because we know it's dangerous and we take precautions, it's probably safer than crossing the road, <laughs> you know? Wow. Or you could You're step probably off right. look in the wrong way and get hit by somebody because you weren't paying attention. Like you know, like there's so many dangers around us every day that we just ignore. And when you go to That's space, true. yeah, it's a dangerous place, but everybody knows it. And everybody's being real careful, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, you you the morons up there, because if we're just going to let anybody go to Mars, the morons find it eventually. The people, you know, the coworker you don't want to work with because they don't really know how to do their job, they're going to make it to space.
1: Yeah. Somebody up there is going to be like, what's this lever? Yeah. Bad things going to happen.
0: <laughs> I don't trust other people. I want to live in a bio. Do
2: pool. I want to pull it.
0: Like that, can I choose who lives in my biodome? Like, that's the thing.
2: Is this just civilization
0: in general,
2: but like up there, it's not Earth. So, people will go up and be like, once civilians and people are up there, we need to have some organization. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Is it gonna be like 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 the wild Wild
2: west? West. Yeah, yes. I'm not here for that.
0: I want to choose who my roommates are in the biodome.
1: Well, I think you got to write a paper about how, like, the psychological compatibility of your domain. I agree. And then you'll have to pick them because Jen says so. Well,
0: well, humans are naturally animalistic. I don't want to live in an animalistic biodome with no rules. There's got to be government. I want a president. People leaving their socks out on the floor. I can't. I cannot
2: (laughs) handle that. (laughs) We need order. We need order on this planet. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's just, you know going there is one thing but making sure you know we're all cool i mean i would be down for like a wally style ship that's up there you know like it's a luxury cruise that's been going on for hundreds of years you know doesn't wally just
0: collect trash
2: he's on the he's on earth the the humans are on the spaceship hanging out sitting down watching that's right getting fat yeah drink drinking muffins (laughs) Well,
0: guys, I think that about wraps up our space discussion. I'm sure that when I'm editing this, I'm going to have 50 million more questions. However, we're not done yet because the way that I met Dave, and Dave and I do not know each other very well, but the limited interactions that I've had with Dave come from being in the Grimes fan community. So Dave, how did you discover Grimes?
1: Yeah, so that, I think I got to give it like, maybe a decade back to when the lockdown started in 2020. That was a decade, right?
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs)
1: Totally. Um, my kids stayed home because schools were closed and they did the virtual class thing. And then they did YouTube, like all the time YouTube. And I'm like, what is this YouTube thing that you're doing? And they're like, oh, it's educational. You can learn what stuff.
2: What is this YouTube <laughs> thing? Yeah, I don't like think us I've UK.
1: ever actually watched a YouTube video before 2020. Um, what? Yeah. Because
2: you're a scientist. You don't I'm need to. Because I'm just
1: busy with other things, yeah. <laughs>
2: Literally, yeah. <laughs>
1: and uh but they were showing me like look you could like listen to music you could do this you could do that. i'm like oh i can listen to music you know and so i yeah. probably put in some random things from the 80s and you know how youtube like tries to come up with an algorithm well at some point it it gave me this this choice for grimes at Grimes, and i thought well that's an intriguing name <laughs> right and it was grimes in i don't know nashville at some record shop yep. when she was young doing a a little bit, and it's filmed from somebody's yeah. cell phone in the back yeah. of the crowd. Yeah, and she is just like you know, she does a thing where she's holding the microphone with her chin. Yeah. and she is know, doing calls this. Balls and, like, and just to catch it. Yeah, and she's like oh, like turning the knobs, and she's just so into it. And I'm like wow, she's like really into this, you know. Yeah. And then so I looking for other stuff by her, and I think by the time I found like Oblivion, like I was hooked. I was like oh, this is great. So then I was you know just listening to that all the time, and then. I don't know how I saw that she was advertising like the the metaverse, the Grimes super beta metaverse thing, but that that led me to be like, oh well, now I gotta like learn what this Discord thing is that my kids use. So yeah. I went for for help. Yeah, please teach veterans. me more. Yeah, so they, <laughs> you know, so I got onto Discord and I got into their you know the Grimes community there, and uh, yeah, it was it was neat, and there were you know some really fun people there. And so at first I was quiet, I was just watching, and then you know. Mm-hmm. Get the hang of things and they start talking to people and yeah you know i
2: haven't you know. gotten the hang of things quite yet
1: yeah jen i it's talk like a, a grown adult yeah, one person day on you'll there. Just wake up and you'll be an expert Hello. Yeah, i know it's gonna
2: <laughs> actually and do then, then know, you know, everyone?
1: there was a, an art channel in there right and so this also i guess ties in with with art so i i didn't really do any art before 2020. Um, wow I picked that up as a hobby, like stuck at home, you know, not doing so much stuff. So I was like, well, let me, you know, let me try like get a little tablet and see if I can like do some digital art stuff. And so then, you know, people were, were making fan art and I was like, oh, that's a neat thing, fan art. So then I, I got myself an Instagram account. I also had never used Instagram uh, <laughs> or TikTok or Twitter. Relatable, yeah. I was like, yeah. you know, I don't want to know any of these things. I want to be an old person, <laughs> but now. yeah. Now, you know, how these things work
2: right um, there with you
1: yeah so my my instagram account like the very old stuff you'll see a lot of grime stuff because it started as like a grime fan account to kind of but then it evolved out of that into just more generic art stuff
2: how yeah. does your wife feel about this because my husband like he he likes certain songs but other times he's like okay
1: <laughs> yeah she's i don't think she's really a fan of grime she's like what what is, what is that but she doesn't yeah. listen to a whole lot of music anyway She's she's into podcasts. She's a podcast listener.
2: Oh, my husband the same. Yeah. She'll love this one.
1: Yeah. Mm. She's well, um,
0: only a podcast. What does your wife do?
1: She also works for NASA. She works. <laughs> we met at NASA, in fact. I was uh, gonna ask. Yeah. She she was a thermal engineer when we met, but now she's a systems engineer, which means she she's like the cat herder for all the other engineering disciplines.
0: Does she want
2: to be on the wow. podcast? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly.
1: I don't know. I you
2: could do it, you could do a Isaac couple, couple together. Yeah, we should yeah. have asked.
1: But we used to like we used to drive to work together and so we would talk about work a lot, but now that we don't drive to work anymore, we're like we've lost track of what each other's working on because we, we don't have that talking about Because you're both
2: time. hybrid or yeah. like yeah.
1: yeah. And she works upstairs and I work in the basement because that way we don't if we have a meeting at the same time, like we're not talking over each other. Yeah. Know? Do you guys,
0: I mean, I can't ask this question. I was just going to say, do you communicate okay working from home together? Like, is that not a problem for you guys?
1: No, like, yeah, we've we've always, like, we've always been good together. Like, we don't, we don't clash at all. Like, if that's true.
2: I think that's so rare. Although, MK, you do it. You work from home with Casey. I have a new development today. He was like, "Um, you might want to go into the office more. I need to have some space i'm that person speaking of space uh he wanted he was like and i you know worked, the kids are back in school it's like a whole we, you know Dave. we moved from california to the east coast so it's like been a huge change for me my kids and i just went back to school and my husband you know i can go in when i want But he was like you know you might benefit from going in and i'm like me or you just want he's a writer so he works from home anyways so he's i'm just like hmm Hmm. you didn't say this at all during the pandemic now that you know sort of i mean it's not over but still you know where was i oh this
0: discord um oh i don't know i was gonna say so dave's art so i didn't know that dave did art and then one day i got on discord and dave had drawn me oh no you put me with princess leia um space buns first because i had my space buns on for um hosting ArtNet, and i was like that's super cute and then somebody one of the staff members pointed me to your instagram page because you had drawn staff members and now that's like considered an honor on ArtNet when you draw yes. on this yeah I just oh my it god that I...
1: was like something people look for i didn't know that
2: oh oh yeah so you i wouldn't... mean i've arrived you've arrived, arrived. quickly <laughs> <laughs> that took me
0: a long time to get one and then when i did get one it was great you would like nailed my hair color nobody nails my hair color yeah.
1: ever I, re- I remember like <laughs> i i was compelled i saw your hair color and i was actually i was compelled to to reproduce it I was like, oh, there it
0: is. So beautiful. Thank you. Oh. So, um, Dave, I know that you know back in the day you just started listening to Grimes a decade ago when COVID started.
1: Yeah. Um, what's become yes, your back favorite? In the day.
0: Back in the day, when we were all younger and life was simpler, um, yeah, yeah. what's become your favorite album and favorite song of hers?
1: So I, I really, I really do like going back to Oblivion a lot. And so Visions was like high on the list, but I, Another I think Misanthropocene is like, just squeaked it out. Cause it's just so much good stuff on there.
2: Yeah, totally. It's so funny how, so you found her during the pandemic. Yeah. So many of us did. It's so interesting. I wonder if it's because she released an album during that time. And then we kind of like came across it that way and then found our own path with what version of her we liked the best yeah, I got,
1: too. I don't know. So I, I, I remember being really excited when I found all the videos for um, the, what's the middle one, the art? Art angels. Know, art angels. Because she did like sort of like gorilla videos. Like she kind of filmed yes. herself and, and Hannah like, and that was really cool. Like watching how they all you know fit together and stuff. like. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, that is my favorite. I love like the Kate Bush wig. I love, you know, they're sitting on like a private plane eating fruit. Yeah, you know, yeah. she's got her flip flops. I love that era. That's my favorite. You know, no matter what, that's like my go-to grimes art angels. I found Miss A first, um, but, but I kind of those are actually the down.
1: three I have: Visions, Art Angels, and Misanthropocene in the the truck that I drive, and like I just cycle through them. That's all I was to Yeah. What? so then I put on something else that was like pretty eclectic, and they were like, "This isn't even music. Go back to Grimes." I was like, yes. Okay. Nice.
0: <laughs> Dave, your how old kids? are your, yeah? How old are your kids?
1: So I have my actually my oldest son is uh, twenty seven, uh, but then I have a <laughs> a fourteen year old and a sixteen year old as well.
0: Oh, the teens. They should be all about Grimes, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, my daughter likes Grimes. Like she's like, oh, you've got me into it. I really like this song. This song.
0: Oh. They need to listen to your podcast. Or anything that's so cool that their dad's on a podcast. Come on. What teenager isn't like that's cool.
1: Yeah, but they wouldn't admit it to me, you know.
0: No, never. That's true. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> like that's not cool. <laughs> Dave, do you watch um, Claire's interviews very often or no? Just just
1: into her music. I, I do love her interviews, actually. Um, and in fact. I like when bits of her like, kind of sneaks in to her, her yes. music videos. Um, oh, I love I think, it. Uh, I think it was it was in violence that she she's doing the thing. She's wearing the mask, right? Because she couldn't stop laughing. She yeah, said, never, right. Right. Uh, but at the end of the one set, she's like, she gives a little thumbs up. Like they could have edited right, it. Right? Isn't there like, it there like did, like is
2: that she did? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's there something. is a there is a picture of her doing two thumbs up too. So I don't know if like that was the first one they caught. And then there's, cause I saw it recently on somebody's, some fan account and I was like, who's that from? She's doing a thumbs up. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch.
1: Yeah, I do. I, do. I think um, she got annoyed at one point cause people want her to still be like a starving artist. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think what it is, is that when she was young and vulnerable, like it's like you just wanted to like like make it better for her you know yeah but I think people just like identified with that time and like like, oh you know like this young person that's like struggling and you know but of course now she's successful and people like, you know, success. but I mean I think it's good to be successful in there
0: well I think it's it odd is. how people go after her for having an affluent background why does that make you any less of an artist people don't like that though for some reason they want you to be that to underdog struggle. that had no money. And you know, who cares? You're still an artist. You still had talent. She got to where she was on her own.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You need yeah. to struggle for, for the art, according to some That's right. you people, you know. Cut your, you your ear know.
1: off or, you know, have some other craziness, yeah, to be a good artist.
0: Well, guys, this about wraps up our conversation with Dave. Dave, thank you so much for joining us and being here with two grown so adult much ladies. Fun.
1: Oh yeah, it was fun. It's good.
0: Proof that there are other grown adults that like Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That it are is.
2: professionals.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that makes me and MK feel good. So guys, continue to stay tuned. Um, we'll get these posted for you and we appreciate you so so much.
2: Love you guys. Thanks.